You are listening to the Evolpreneur AI Advantage Show, and I'm your host, Richard Ray. My mission is to help entrepreneurs understand AI and use it to their advantage. Join me today where we dig deep with our guest and get you the best concepts and strategies. Today's special guest is Ari Maglades. Ari is a senior economist and business strategist with over a decade of experience providing management solutions in the face of rapidly evolving markets. Providing solutions in strategy, innovation, financial performance, and risk management, she has been involved in delivering over $100 million of bottom line results across various industries. With significant international experience throughout Europe, Latin America, and Oceania, she speaks six languages and holds a double degree master's in international management and a bachelor of economics. She's also a community advisory board member at Red Nose Australia. Today, we're talking about leveraging AI to deliver better services. Ari, welcome to the show. Thank you, Richard. It's great to be here. Great to have you here. Well, Ari, as I always like to ask my guests, first of all, where in the world are you? I am currently in Hobart, Tasmania. All right. Okay. In the south of Australia. Lovely. Um, not as hot as people would expect. It's actually quite cold at the moment. <laughs> I have been there many times. and I understand it's a cold place. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Let's get into the questions for today. Um, but before we actually do, you have this amazing bio, and I, I missed quite a few things off, otherwise we would have been here all day. Is there anything you know, really important that you wish I'd have added to the bio to start off with today? Uh, no, I think, I think you did a really good job, Richard. Thank you. <laughs> so you've got this amazing bio, and if anybody looks Ari up, you'll see that you're just truly astonishing. Okay, so let's get straight into this. What are the better services that you're referring to that use AI uh, to deliver them, and how? So I've I've started once once I first uh, first heard about uh, ChatGPT, I thought I'd give it a try, mm-hmm. and I started trying to understand. So at the time I was I was uh, rebranding my business, so I wanted to get to I was trying to brainstorm a few things, so trying to figure out how. Um, how to articulate these new services I was I was delivering, how to flesh out what is what delivers, what has the most value to my clients and what's the best mm-hmm. way to deliver them. And um, I started um, using ChatGPT and having having a little having a little chat, a little interaction, and I realized that it it could it was an extremely powerful tool. So what it how I actually started using was to get it to brainstorm and come up. Um, with with designing these services, what I did was provide as an input a lot of um, the learnings I had from previous projects, mm-hmm. a lot of the what what have we delivered, what have been the challenges, what what are my clients seeking, and and um, AI or in this case ChatGPT specifically mm-hmm. helped me help me develop them. So ChatGPT is. The service that most people know, and we've already got a video up there talking about it uh, on the AI Advantage show. The question for me is, how long did it take you to get to the point where you felt comfortable with what ChatGPT was producing? I would say, in terms of it would, I would say it would take took me about a month, but really I was using very intensely. And what I did is I, I realized that it didn't always. Um, give me the answer I was looking for. So I started looking to prompts, you know, how to mm-hmm. better talk to that tool, 
um, in a way that that it actually it, it delivers a better result or better something that's more aligned with what you're looking for. So um, lots lots of uh, lots of interactions. So I, I remember for um, quite a few months I've had um, even now I, I have the the window open and. So I keep practicing <laughs> and I would say that I'm, I'm comfortable, but I know there's still, there's still a lot. I can, I can still do a lot more with it. Can you give us an example of where you've had a prompt where it hasn't worked well and you've gone, Oh, wow, that's, that looks good. But when you've done further research, it hasn't been so good. And one of the tips maybe that you can pass on to our listeners about how to create a good prompt. Yes. So one of the, well, the things so I was working with a client um, in the timber industry and, and specifically I was looking at um, how, how to create biomass or biomass products, which is a, a secondary product for, for that client or for that industry that it actually, it, it, it drives. So it's a source of renewable energy. So what I was trying to get um, ChatGPT to support me with this, trying to find out a bit more about that industry in Australia. So I asked a few questions, gave a bit of background and said, this is, this is what I have. For example, RENA has publications of the Agency um, for Renewable Energy, uh, the Australian agency. And it gave me, so ChatGPT gave me the name of a study that doesn't exist. Yeah, which is, so, quite, which is quite scary. I've heard quite a few people say that it has hallucinated. Yes, yeah, yeah, exactly. They call it hallucination. So I think and that that is so my tip is always it is it is a tool, but it mm -hmm. shouldn't be used as the outcome, as the complete, you know, you copy paste and that's it. And you believe everything it says. You should always double check everything that it says. You should always review. It is mm -hmm. seen as a tool, like you use Microsoft Office, you know, Excel, Word, and any other tool to um, as something that will help you get um, to reach a result. Not necessarily will give you exactly what you need, and you should believe 100% of what it says. So what is the approach you use to create a good prompt? How do you structure the, you know, the language that you put into there? So a good prompt includes first... Um, explain giving a context so starting with uh, before you get to the question you say this is what I'm working through this is this is what I'm working through at the moment so for example in that case um, I said I'm currently working with the client in the in, in, this, uh, in the timber industry mm -hmm. and they are looking into developing biomass products this is where they're located in this area in in Australia they are looking specifically at this product and that product so that was a context. The second step is, can you please help me identify mm -hmm. sources to have? So, so basically, I gave them a con, gave ChatGPT the context, asked the question, and then said how I was going to use it. How, how, what sort of, how did I expect the output to be structured? So I said, you know, I would like a source. I would like this is how I use it, and so that will help. Um, structure, give give a context. Otherwise, the pet, if you don't give that context or um, yeah, that explanation around it, will, it might give you something that is yeah, that is not aligned with what you're expecting. So it's not a case of just typing in one or two lines and saying, "Give me a report about biomass for Tasmania." You actually have to be 
very careful in how you structure that initial prompt to get what you want. Yes, yeah, exactly. And one one other tip I actually read recently, I think it's, as, as you know, um, not only AI, but all technologies move fast. So you have to keep up to date. And of course, it's extremely recent. So one of the tips I read recently was regarding prompts was um, when you're talking, before you ask ChatGPT questions, say, act as if. So act as if your, your, um, your admin support, act as if you're a business researcher, act as if mm -hmm. you're a potential client. So that will help. That will, that's a sim simple way of getting ChatGPT to, get, to, to see that question in the way you expect it to. So to be clear for our listeners, what I'm hearing you say there is you actually tell it the style of personality that you want it to give you an answer as. Exactly, exactly. And have you tried any other comparable tools, for instance, Bard from Google? I have tried Bard. I had actually, I had both um, tools open at the same time for mm -hmm. a couple of weeks. So I would ask, should I DPT a question? And was that as Bard the same question? Um, and I must say that I decided to go stick with chat DBT. Mm -hmm. uh, and I have also used writing.io. So that was, that's a really interesting tool. So that's specifically, so one of the other ways I use chat DBT is to help me write articles or write posts. Mm -hmm. So I'll say, this is, these are the points I want to make. This is what's in, in this context. So I've made, I might have read an article and I want to talk a bit about it. Or I want to make this point or that point. So I'll ask ChatGPT to help. But I, I found um, this other tool that is that also uses AI. Mm -hmm. And it's quite interesting. And it, it, it has built prompts, so which makes life easier as well. So let me, hear, let me uh, make sure I got that right. You actually use another AI to build prompts for an AI. Yes, there is a yeah, there is a um, there is an AI that builds prompts. So there's an AI that helps you use AI. <laughs> and so what's on that one's called again? So there's a uh, there's writing.io.io okay. that is um it's in itself it has it has something similar to ChatGPT and it use it lay, it's layered with another another tool, but um that one is only for writing articles. Now, what you're talking about, about an AI that helps you with AI, there's actually a tool called Prompt Storm. So that tool you can, it's a, yeah, it's a plugin and it will, when you open any of these tools, Barter, ChatGPT or others, mm -hmm. you, you can click on it and it will help you um, write a, a prompt. So it will help you communicate with your... <laughs> With your friend AI tool. With your friendly AI, yeah. I mean, one, <laughs> one of the, th as you rightly said, you know, technology is constantly evolving. You're trying different tools. One of the differences that I found, for instance, between Bard and ChatGPT is I can ask Bard to give me references, and you know, it will show you the links to articles that it's got information from, even photos at times. So there does seem to be a bit of a leapfrog arms race between at least those two. And then we have lots of other tools like Llama Tool, Llama Two coming out, etc. So, it's definitely a, a good thing to keep trying them, and you know, don't just stick with one particular service. You know, to keep trying different things and see where that evolution is going. Yes, absolutely. I, as both uh, all the um, um, the organizations working on on AI, they keep you know um, mm -hmm. issuing new releases and working on improvements. Constant feedback 
lots of iterations. So we, I would expect, we don't know. We don't know how it's going to look like. It's just, it's changed massively. Mm-hmm. Um, each release has, has new, um, um, new, new tool. I, I mean, think- new ways it works better. It's just working yeah. better and work, it's working different ways. We're, we're all learning. <laughs> Yeah, we, we are all learning, including the organizations that are producing the AI models themselves. So how much time would you say using AI is saving you? How has it changed the style of work that you're doing? I would say that it, for certain tasks, it has saved me. Maybe I spent, I now spend around... 10 to 20 percent of the time I w- would spend on a, on a given task as it will do a lot of the work and particularly mm-hmm. with with um, with the, like I said designing designing the services or um, mm-hmm. certain services or, or trying to get some additional information so a chat GPT will collect will do that data research or do will do that research for me something that would you usually would take me several hours so I'll take that. And I'll drill down a little bit into what I think is relevant for the client or relevant for my business. And it's, it has increased um, my efficiency significantly, yeah. So that goes back to the better services. So you've saved that 80% that we've talked about there. Uh, and rather than just leaving it at the level that you would have done, you actually make the end product better. So you know, you may, how much of that time that you've saved, you spend, I mean, overall, you have more time now as a result of what you're doing. Do you use that to do more work uh, or refine the work that you're doing? Or do you use it just so you've got maybe a bit more downtime? I've, I've been using the work to do um, to So what I've been doing a lot is now that um, I, I don't, I don't use it for downtime, to be honest. I, I use it to keep working, to do more, to deliver more. Mm-hmm. Um, in some cases uh, with the client, I will. So let's say I have, I have, dedicated you know, I have some time on my day where I work on on that certain on the defined project so because AI has saved me time and because they have provided me certain information like I said I will say oh there's this element or that element that I think will be particularly helpful for the clients so I'll drill down so I'll spend that extra time drilling down and trying to um, create create more value to the client so yeah mm-hmm. so the unique factors that you bring to delivering the end product, you've got more time to uh, apply that. Exactly, exactly. And I think it's, and and one thing that of course, uh, lots of people are with, with, there's new technology, it's uncertain, we don't know what's going to happen, but mm-hmm. it has happened before. It has happened several times before. Um, and being an economist, I have to mention Schumpeter. So he talked about the theory of creative destruction. So what happens is, something new comes in so technology comes in and a lot and it it creates a lot but it destroys it creates a lot of value but it destroys value so when you think of computers so in the past you have to handwrite things you had to do manual research Mm -hmm. you had to file you had to filing cabinets etc so you have had so the fact that computers are now dominating dominating right and they're common and so we don't realize what a massive impact or it might but we don't reflect on the massive impact it has had on various industries and this this will happen again this is happening again 
and it's just part of that that creative destruction. But what we have seen over time with the industrial revolutions is that that disruption um, overall creates significantly more value to society and to the economy than that previous technology. So I'm, I'm very much um, yeah, an advocate of AI and I think we should embrace it. That's great to hear. So just touching on the negative for a moment, which is not something I like to do, but what is the, the mood in your industry and the industries that you've talked to? Because, you know, there is a lot of people saying, oh, AI is going to take all of our jobs. But I personally think that it's going to create more jobs than it takes away. So what's the sort of trend that you're seeing? What's the sort of feedback you've had from your customers? A lot of people are, yeah, they are worried saying, no, there's, oh, there's something that I would used to be engaged on to deliver that will now be delivered by AI. Well, for example, it, it, this will happen in some sense and there is some resistance, but overall I see a lot of in, embracing. So a lot of the, uh, so you have, for example, um, KPMG are developing a partnership with Microsoft mm-hmm. to develop AI tool, an AI tool. Um, you have other consultancy companies also formally embracing it and investing actively. So I, I think, and it comes back to what we were both saying that it is, it, we believe will be positive, but the thing is that for it to be effectively positive, you have to have a really good understanding of it, uh, of have a really good understanding of it, use mm-hmm. it, test it. And so your better way of how it will impact, impact you, your job, your company, et cetera, and how you can adapt or how you can shift what you're doing to better meet future, the, the demand or the future market that uh, the market that will, the, how the market will look like in a few years when um, AI becomes more common, even more common than it is now. So when well, AI becomes second nature, you think yeah. that it, we're obviously not there yet, no. you know, because people are still concerned. I mean, is there anybody, or sorry, I shouldn't say anybody, but is there any examples of significant resistance you've run into when you said, hey, we could use AI to do this? Yes, there is the one one interesting. I was I was talking to um, a colleague in the in the education industry, and so they work. They, they manage a, a various schools, and what they were saying is that they, there is a concern of on how students have been using AI. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they use you know they've been using AI to write. To write their papers for school, or to review their responses, or to write responses for them. So there's a big concern on how this will impact learning. And not only are you know the the student is cheating or the student is not doing their job, but really it impacts their learning because at that you're doing you you're asked to answer a question or to write a paper so you can learn. And if you use AI, you're not you're not doing that, or you might be doing it. And so the question is, hey, you might be doing that a different way. So how do we approach that? Do we just say it's not allowed, or or mm-hmm. do we define right policy? So I think the initial um, what I've what, what I understand in, in the in that area by talking to my colleagues that there's a lot of resistance. So does that mean that maybe the uh, the final exam, where you have to be there and then and answering questions? It's going to become more important than it is now. It it might be, but uh, again, what we're thinking—if we think of the final exam—is that 
you you're assuming that is a an accurate reflection of of everything that the person has learned but there's a lot that the skills there are a lot of skills that you build when you're mm-hmm. learning when you're going through these exercises that might not be necessarily captured by the final exam so i think it, it will become it is it will remain important it might become more important i'm, I'm not mm-hmm. sure but i think it's it's one create an example of how how we have to be aware of that impact will have not only we're not talking not even talking about the industry or anything we're talking about people's development kids development so that's really interesting on the human development side you know i'll, I'll give you a, a very simple example you know i would argue that it's less likely that somebody can read a traditional map now than they uh, could before okay well, because we are now use gps and people used to read paper maps to get to places and so the, you know, the ability to read that map has dwindled, I would argue. What skills do you think AI could cause to dwindle? I believe um, it, there's already a challenge now with, with uh, you know, the, the information overload. And so we have not been paying attention or... or we've been because we have all this information we have become a bit alienated and and not we don't take our time to sit not not in general we don't but we many people or many of us have an issue with like our attention span Mm -hmm. so i think i think we will this might this might increase that that problem or of uh, being willing to or the, having that ability to sit down and do in-depth research and take your time to read a book, mm-hmm. etc., or to understand something because you have a tool that will do that for you. So it becomes much more of the moment. So rather than developing those skills over potentially years, it might be a case of, hey, I need to learn this thing really quickly and not worry about you know the actual uh, foundations of how I create this ability. Yeah, and even and even talking about um, languages, with you know, I'm, I'm passionate about languages, mm-hmm. and of course now you have tools that you have instant translation. You know, you can mm-hmm. get everything translated. You can talk into a phone, and the phone will translate it for you and and talk for you and whatever language you want. But for me, the main thing about languages, more than communication, is uh, having access to a certain culture. So when you speak a language, you can read read the books you can better under explore the 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 country's literature the country's customs the country's stories and if you so if you only think of learning languages as oh yeah i, I want to communicate but some, there's a tool, you know this um technology can do that for me but well you might be missing out on on or everything else that comes with learning a language so there's that indistinguishable human factor that we're talking about here that AI can never reproduce. You know, if you're going to learn a language, to go to the country where that language is from and really immerse yourself in the culture, AI can never, ever replace that. Exactly. Of course. So can you give me any good examples of where you've seen AI used? They are... Um... I think there are quite a, there are a few few different. I mean, now you see it everywhere, really. 
you see it's very widespread and I think even the the develop itself the development of this tool, the development of chat DPT itself, or mm -hmm. like I mentioned, writing AO, it gives you the ability, right? So this writing.io it gives gives you the ability to um to write an article and to that is actually so AI enhances it. So I think that the most rather than a, a, a now you know a, a product itself or something that I've seen of um, is the what I'm interested in at the moment is that those tools and how they can add, add value to so so many people and so many professionals. Understood. Understood. So Ari, what's the one piece of advice that you wish you'd had? when you were starting out on this journey of using AI that our listeners could take on board? I would say try to try to understand, better understand its uses, its applicability. That's what, what I would have done, try to better understand how it can be used because I would have started much earlier um, mm -hmm. or could have started this much better. Um, yeah, I would say, yeah, understand understand what can be used and also have a look at what, what's out there. Now, we, we talked a lot about ChatGPT, GPT, but there are so many other tools out Lots there. Of so other tools, yeah. Have a look and see what will be best for you, what will work better for you. One more question there then. Is there anything you think that AI isn't good at? Uh, that's, yeah, that, uh, that human element uh, is that, that understanding that that side that that human side so mm -hmm. that um so we can write an article but it won't have that tone it would have that intention behind it that um that we 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 have when we write as humans <laughs> totally get it totally get it so ari where can people find you well they can um find me on linkedin ari Magalis. um they can also um find me on my website, on my business website, www.omnistrategic.com.au, or they can send me an email at ari at omnistrategic.com.au. Ari, thank you for that. And thank you for your time today. It's been a really fascinating interview. Thank you, Richard. Well, that's a wrap on another awesome guest episode for the Evolpner AI Advantage Show. Just before you go, if you like this episode, we would be very grateful for a five-star review. Please also consider recommending the show to a friend or two. Make sure you subscribe for future episodes at AIAdvantage.show right now. Until next time, I'm Richard Ray, and if you're an entrepreneur, get the AI Advantage today.